Welcome to Faith Church Online. Thank you so much for checking us out. Our prayer is that you are blessed by this message. I honour Christ by reflecting who he is. Uh, I honour my dad and my mum by living the life that I saw them lead and trying to represent them well. Does that make sense? So if I'm to say honour Christ, I have to represent or try to reflect something of who Christ is. You know, to honour Christ is to love unconditionally. Honour Christ is to love people regardless of whether they're nice to you or not nice to you, or whether they're, they're in church or not in church, whether they swear black and blue at you, or whether they sing hallelujahs. We honour people through love. Because Christ never excluded anybody. He honoured everybody. He loved unconditionally. We're to be people of grace. You know, we're to be people that have grace for people regardless of what they're going through, regardless of what their situation is. I've just been going through quite a, uh, an interesting situation with a, with a close friend that sometimes I don't, I don't understand all of their decisions, but I, I, I show them grace. I'm trying to understand where they're coming from and what they're doing and why they're making the decisions. Even, so, even if some of the decisions don't line up with what I think as a Christian, I'm trying to get my head around, where are you coming from? Why are you making these choices? Why are you choosing to do this? Because grace it should force me to understand why they choose to do what they do. That makes sense? You know, Jesus met a lady at the well, and he had every right to condemn her because he knew that she was in adultery, but he, he, he tried to work his head around what's going on with her, and, 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 he, and he, he wanted, she was looking for something to fulfill herself, to, to give her purpose, to give her unconditional love. And he's like, all right, okay, I can understand. I'm not agreeing what you're doing, but let me offer you something better than your current situation. Forgiveness. Uh, you know, forgiveness is hard, but Christ forgave. So how much more should we forgive? Uh, you know, if, if we're to honor Christ, we're to have short accounts with people in our world, to, to forgive those that hurt us, to, to, to try and move on. You know, some forgiveness isn't about saying it never hurt. Forgiveness is about saying I'm not going to stay there. Forgiveness is saying, yeah, that hurt me, but I'm going to move on. And I'm going to put that behind me. If you want to honor Christ, you need to live the best life you can live. Uh, Erwin McManus, a guy that I follow, says that we've all got an heroic story waiting to be told. You know, you were saved and then you were called. You know, you didn't just stand at the front of some church service and put your hand up and say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. And that was the end of it. If that meant something to you, you need to honor Christ by living out the life that he has for you. By doing the things that you may not want to do, stepping into the things you may not want to do, but to live the life that Christ has for you. Because then life becomes alive. We are called to, to reflect Christ through who we are as people. You know, this community here should resonate the love and grace and the passion and the authority of Christ to our community. Amen. You know, we need to honor humanity. Psalm 8, 5, 6 says, You were made a little lower than your angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You were made the rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. You know, the psalmist is saying that, that we've got angels and we were just made just that minute little bit lower than them. You know, but God made us, uh, made humanity, all of humans. He made us great. He made us uh, a reflection of who he was, and 
He loved us so much that he gave us our own free choice to choose what we wanted to do, and that's why we've gone off and, and made a mess of things. But at the beginning of it, humanity was God's plan. We are God's plan. All of humans, do you know I mean? humanity, are, and and we've got to make sure we we honor hum, humanity, we honor community, we honor people. You know, God has given us authority over this earth. You know. Uh, I think because as Christians, we kind of ha- can be brought up with this policy, let's just get through this phase of our lives, and then we'll die and go to heaven, and then it'll be okay. Uh, we kind of missed out the most important bit, and that's living on earth. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of Christians just hiding away in, in little churches or in spiritual bunkers, waiting for the end to come or whatever they feel, because then it can be finished. And, and uh, We're meant to be living heaven on earth right now in this moment. We're meant to be looking after this planet. I don't want to get all green on you, but, but where, is, where is the church leaving, leading things in EK stuff? Where, you know, where, where, is the, where is the church uh, you know, campaigning about keeping this planet green? Where, where are we talking to our, our families? You know, I'm not saying that we all should become activists, but, but where is the Christian voice? We hear Greenpeace, but we don't hear the church. You know, God made us stewards over this planet, over this earth, over this place. And wouldn't it be good for the church to be leading that charge and say, well, the church is trying to look after the planet. We're not sitting in our bubble waiting to go to heaven. No, we're trying to affect this place. You know, we got to, I love the fact that, that God, Jesus had enough honor for humanity that he, when he came to earth, See, if I was Jesus, I would have done it slightly different. I probably would have just rocked up on my own. When my moment came, just called fire down from heaven, sorted everybody out, job done, uh, set up a new structure and disappeared. That would have been so much easier um, and a lot less painful. But because we believe in a God that honors humanity, he goes and finds 12 guys that were fishermen, tax collectors, uneducated, unscholared, none of them went to Bible college, and says, I'm going to start a movement that changes the world. I'd be like, God, you, I'd be like, Jesus, you've chosen the wrong people. Because there's far more qualified people around than this bunch of ragabone people and the how, how many hundred people went with them. But because God loved humanity so much, he didn't, he, he chose the brokenness of humanity to shape a team that was going to shape our destiny. Does that make sense? So if we're to honor humanity, we are to look for gifts in people's lives wherever they are. Uh, We should look for the best in someone's life even before they become a Christian. We should accept them into our family and our community and draw the gifts out of them before they've even said the Lord's Prayer or the, do you know what I mean, A, a prayer of salvation. We should honor them for who they are. The, the building of our coffee shop, we've had some great people give us some input and direction, and we've honored them, and they will never be in church. Well, I wouldn't say never, but the likelihood of them turning up on a Sunday morning in the next year is very unlikely, but we honored them, and we saw the gifts on their lives, and we drew them in, and we called them family, and we had, they helped us. And we hope by being part of who we are, something of Christ has rubbed off on them. Well, I think it has, actually. And the great thing that God so much loves humanity is he raises up these 12 disciples and after spending so long with them, they still do dumb things like try and call down fire from hell to wipe out a village. But he still loves them. 
Uh, I wonder what would happen if I came in on a Monday morning and they said, have you heard of the Narva guys? What, what have they done? Well, they went to McDonald's on Sunday and they fell out with the person in McDonald's. So they called fire down on them. In the name of Jesus and Faith Church, I think me, Tim, and Lewis would be sitting them down having a quiet chat on that their service has been really good, but no longer are they welcoming them. <laughs> but if we were to believe in the same honor that God has for humanity as well, we would have to go on a journey and sort that one out by keeping them as part of our family. Government. The Bible tells us we are to honor our government, to honor those in authority. 13, Romans 13, 1 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except which God has established. The authority that exists has been established by God. That's a really difficult one. Especially when you look at something like the D-Day landings and what that was all about. That's one that I wrestle with. You know, uh, uh, what would I do if I was put in a regime where... I could no longer freely stand on this stage and confess my faith. What would that look like? I think I would still pray for my leaders. Out of honor, I might not pray that I would probably pray they stop doing what they do. And I pray that by the mercy of God that they see a revelation of what they're doing is wrong. But I would still pray for them. You know, I think regardless of your political point of view, we need to pray for those that are in power. We need to pray for those that are leading our nations, leading, the, leading Europe, and leading all that. We need to be praying for them. But one thing we need to remember, church, is that um, God is still in control. I think sometimes when, when uh, with Brexit, and I've heard some interesting theories on this and that and all that, and, and you might have some th- great theology on it, whatever. But my stance is God's above all that. So whether Donald Trump goes and starts this or this or whoever takes over our country, whoever takes on from Theresa May or Boris or whatever, Boris needs a haircut, by the way. And that's my only political statement this morning. Or at least just brush it. Flip looks like you've been pushed backwards every time. But anyway, regardless of whoever takes on this country, regardless of whether we think they're the Antichrist or all this kind of stuff, God's still in control. God still, God is still sovereign. God is still Lord. God still has a plan. God saw it coming before the beginning of time, so he knows what's happening. It's not a shock to him. It might be a shock to us, and it might well call us some pain and some suffering, but God is still in control. So therefore, I will still pray for them. I will do everything in my life to honor this thing that God has chosen called the church to be an authority within our nation. I will pray for it. I will serve it, I will sow into it, I will sacrifice it to walk for it, because that is God's plan to bring authority and change to our nation. And as church, I think as Christians, we need to stand up and start valuing that. Sometimes we get caught up in so many other things, but we, we don't get caught up in the solution. And, and, and gathering authorities, and, and that we need to pray that the church is in that equation. And the church is involved in politics and involved in all those things, and we need to pray for that. And we need to honor those that are in it. Amen. Honor your parents. Now, I know this is a challenge. Exodus 20.12 says, Honor your father and your mother, so that they may live long in the land of your Lord, the, your God is given you. 
I, I know this is a challenge for, for, you know, I'm so privileged, right, that I have a mum and dad. My mum and dad are amazing. I love them. Love them to bits. And um, they've done everything they can throughout their lives to bring me up in a great, stable family and to sacrifice and to make sure I've had all that I've needed and to be disciplined and to be loved and to know that I'm secure. And, um, and I... And so that's easy for me to love my mum and dad. And I know that there's people in the room that that's not easy. That's not easy. That's like, yeah, but my, you don't know. But, but let me tell you a little bit of my story. The reason that I was able to live in that environment is because my mum and dad, especially my dad's dad, came back from the Second World War, quite an angry, bitter, aggressive man that used to knock grandma around. So for my dad to honor him was exactly maybe some of the situation you're in. But the breakthrough that came for our family and for my generation is the fact that my dad went to a point after he died. I remember uh, we went to, he, he'd been cremated and then he had his ashes interned. So we went to Lawrence Weston and we went as a family and we stood where his name was on the plaque and my dad honored him. He couldn't honor him physically because he died, but he honored him spiritually. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. And he laid some stuff down. He said, he told dad, his dad some stuff about, you know, why he was angry and why he'd done this. And, and just told his dad that he'd forgiven him. And told his dad that, thank you for bringing him into the world. And thank you for giving him a house. And, 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 and honored all the things that he could find positive. They weren't, it wasn't a big list, but there was a list. But he, he, he cut something off in my generation that meant that my, after that point, my dad could actually tell me he loved me. I always knew he loved me, but those words were always were hard words to come out of his mouth because of his past experience. But, but through honoring his mum and dad, he cut something off that gave the freedom for me to be brought up in the way that I am, that now I, you know, I can love my kids, love all of them, you know? But my dad, through his honor, broke something. My mum's had to deal with them with my grandma. My grandma had mental health issues and, and those kind of things. And, you know, my mum's had to do it, you know? Their honor broke something for future generations. And, and I don't know where you are in your relationship with your parents, whether they're living or not living, but, but through honoring them maybe this week, you could break something over your life and over your future generations. Amen? Because honor can break things. Honor can make you be a completely different person. So maybe today you need to go away and have a heart-to-heart -heart with God. Or, or maybe your journey is actually saying, I'm not at a point where I can go into grandma's or whatever, but I can go and see someone who's professional and start talking about my past pains with my parents so that I can unravel some of this stuff so that I can be free to be the mum or dad I need to be. If you're not yet a mum or dad, do it now before you are a mum and dad because it's challenging enough having kids. Especially when they go on video and tell everybody your secrets. The thing is, I have far worse ones on Amber. <laughs> far worse. Anyway, moving on. She's so different to the boys. Amen. They all went to this ladies' conference, her and, <laughs> her and Amber, right? 
I'm a pastor, right? But but like I'm halfway through watching this really good documentary on Netflix about a diver that gets if you got Netflix, look it up. And in they burst singing church songs. I'm like, oh for goodness sake, give it a rest. <laughs> Peace and quiet for five minutes. I I'm so pleased when they fell asleep and stopped singing. One of those moments like Holy Spirit, please stop moving. Because I've got a headache. Anyway, true, true honor comes from your heart. Isaiah 29, 13 says, The Lord says, These people came near to me with their mouths and honored me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me. Me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. You know, we can be, we can have lip service. I honor you. You're amazing. We love you, Pastor Mike. Die for you. Die for you. When we go back and have Sunday dinner, well, his haircut wasn't very good this week, was it? His jokes were always stupid. Never really knows about. Do you know? Like, true honor is a private thing. You know, true honor is what I say when the person's not in the room. And I, and I, I struggle with that. You know, I, I've got people in my world that I've had even on this pastoral journey that sometimes I'm, I'm so annoyed and so angry, the last thing I want to do is honor them, but it's what I do in my private life. It's what I say when they're not in the room. I, I vent my frustrations, but I still honor them. I still honor what they carry. I still honor who they are. I still honor the mantle on their lives. I can honor things that I completely do not understand. You know, I, and, and don't ever want to do. But if God's hand's on it, I'm honoring it. You know, different church styles, you know. People knock things. You know, oh, it's a big church. It's a mega church. It's a mega church, not by chance. It's a mega church because God allowed it to be a mega church. So whether you like it or don't like it, don't really care. God's me. Whether it's a church you ever want to go to or don't want it, it's not your issue. You honor it because God's moving. You know, we saw a revival not long ago within our nation. And there's some things about that that I'm like, <sighs> wisdom tells me that doesn't. But I honor it because people got saved. Do I like some of this? No. Would I? But I, but I honor it because in the middle of everything, people got saved. Brain tumors got healed. And God moved. I honor that. I, you know, 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, You were bought a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. I'm not asking you to get a D-Day and run out the front of a landing craft, knowing whether you're going to last 30 seconds. But we all call to be a generation that honors this thing called church, called Jesus, called God, with all that who we are. You know, the biggest thing that I've learned to do is to honor out of revelation, not out of what I see. So I say to God, when someone comes into my world, why are they in my world? And sometimes they are the roughest diamonds I've ever met. You know, and I'm like, but God, 
let me honor them how you honor them. And, and when, I, when I ask God to give me a revelation about who their lives are, what their life is, and, and what their heroic story is, and God lets me see it, I get excited. I'm like, I want to draw that out of that person. That's why at times I've had people on my team and people giving me advice and people are like, why do you allow them to speak into the direction of this church? Because they don't even, I was like, because I've seen it. There's a guy who came to church for a while. He doesn't come here, but he's still within our building every day of the week because he runs an office here. And he has a simple faith and church doesn't really fit into it. And I don't agree with that. Church is very, very important, right? And I love him to bits. Some stuff about his life I wish he'd shut up by <laughs> and some of his opinions. But there's some, I, I know that God has put him in my world because of the skills that are inside him and I honor those skills. So he, he negotiates every rental on this building on behalf of our church because I honor the gift on his life. And I know that comes from a fear and revelation from God. And do, Does that make sense? And that, that, might, like, that might freak you out if you're new, but anyway, I don't care. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> Because I see the God-given gift inside of him with business and with negotiation. And I, and I see the way he loves his family. I want to honor that. Because if I can honor that, that will grow. And if that grows, that will take over his life and he'll be back in church. Not this about, I don't, it's not about him being back in church, but he'll be back in, the faith, back in this community. So I'm going to honor it. I'm not going to say, sorry, mate, if you don't turn up two Sundays out of the month, I can't use you. Because that God gift, I'm going to honor that gift. I'm going to fan it. I'm going to do everything I can to make that grow because that may be the tipping point. Because I know God speaks to you. And, and, I, and, he, and he, he'll say, I was in my car driving and God told me this. And he'll let me. And I'm like, wow. You can speak into my life because I honor the gift. Regardless. I've had people give me such, defi- such amazing words of God and not even people that are Christians because I honor what's inside them. So God says, I can use them. If he can use a donkey to speak, it's in the Bible. Look it up. You know, what we, what we honor, church, we will reproduce. What you honor, you'll reproduce. You know, if you want to see something of what, if you want to evaluate what, what, what honor means to an individual, look at the things that are being reproduced around them. You'll get a pretty good idea about what they stand for. You know, I don't ever want to be the pastor that stands on this platform, flies around the world or any of those kind of stuff, but you can't see the brokenness of humanity attached to my family. You can't see broken people in my world you don't see me talking to the down and out, if you don't see me staying up late at night talking to friends because marriage is, don't don't honor me. I'm I'm not worth following. I'm only worth following if you see me honoring Christ and seeing his love be reflected through my, and I tell you, church, if you don't ever see that in me, you've got every right to come and pull me up. And I give you a right not to stop following me. Because we need to be a church that honors Christ with our lives. 100%. Lay it on the line. He says, go, I'm running down that ramp up that beach. I'm going. I'll do whatever it takes because we, do you know, church, we are in our, we are in our, we are in our moment. 
We have a moment to shape destiny, to shape the future of Wales. And God's looking for a people of honor that he can pour out supernatural power upon. When we, when we truly honor God 100% with our lives, he's going to move with authority that's going to go like, I don't know how it's going to, I don't even know. Let me tell you one thing. It's not going to be lots of people falling on the floor. I'll tell you that now. It's going to be people in supermarket queues, in doctor's surgeries, in the world getting affected by us. It's going to be people coming, getting an MOT, <laughs> going out with salvation. Or not even getting salvation, just getting healing. Because if we honor that sacrifice of Christ, God says, there's some people I can land on. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Nice playing, Matthew. Two things I want us to respond to this morning. One, I think there's there's people here this morning that honoring your mum and dad is a challenge. And I'm not saying it isn't. I'm not saying it's not painful. I'm not saying any of that. But because I get it. But I think right there this morning for a simple prayer, God can start to change that in your life. God can bring you breakthrough. God can bring you a connection with someone that can help you on that journey. But God can break that over your gener- over you, and over your future generations. You could be the person in your family that turns the corner, resets the future, redefines eternity. Also, I think there is other people here. As as you know, you need to go away and challenge yourself of what honor looks like for you in that quiet place. What does honor look like for you when no one is in the room? What does honor look like for you when it's just you and one other person that will agree? Do you know what I mean? Because that's the biggest weapon the devil has. He'll get us on on our own. We'll get us with someone else and we start talking. And honor starts to disappear. You might have good valid reasons, but the devil creeps in and then it becomes a hard thing, then it becomes separation, then you become isolated, then you become, you're no longer going to church, then you belong, then it's six months and it's a year, then you've lost your faith. Well, if you turn around and say, I'm not going to speak another word out of my mouth unless it comes from honor. I can honor Mike by criticizing him. Thanks, accent there, Mike. Uh, Brian. Me, me, me and Mike can disagree. No, we can't. But me and, Mike, me, and Mike can, me and Mike can disagree through honor. We can, we can have a debate. Mike, I don't agree. Mike, I don't agree. We're quite good, actually. Mike, Mike, Mike. It's just Mike's fault. But that's honor face to face. Some get some honors, but, you know. Because I love him so much. And, he, you know, we respect each other. So we come to each other out of honor and debate it. Because he might be right and I might be wrong. But we come in with honor. Hey, thanks again for checking out Faith Church Online. We'd love it if you could subscribe to be notified when we release a new podcast. You can find out more of what's happening by going to at Faith Church Wales on social media 
or by heading to faithchurch.wales.